0: is in the air to right field, back it goes, Nando has done it again, Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam, Myers drives one out towards deep left center field, back goes, Heinemann at the wall, it's gone, another grand slam for the Padres, Machado to deep left field, What is good, San Diego? Another day right at you. I think this is three days in a row now to where I am doing an episode because there's actually action going on within this free agency period. It's good to see the Padres are starting to really make some noise, and I don't think anything uh, is complete right now. I don't think they got everything on their wish list, but moves are being made, and Right when we expect something to happen and the rumors and everything like that, something else happens. So the Padres went out and improved on what they needed to do most so far. Still questions on what they do with the starting pitching and left field and even the infield. I feel like if we are really set on a worth at first and Kim second, kind of right side of the infield. But at the end of the day, one step at a time and all that. Just last episode, I talked about how the Padres really missed out on an opportunity to take in Justin Turner or J.D. Martinez as the designated hitter for this team and this ball club in 2023. And of course, who did I forget to mention that was a free agent? Matt Carpenter. I did hear about his name, but really didn't think anything of it. I've seen him a couple of times when He was a Yankee this past season before the broken foot and everything like that. Uh, He obviously mashed the baseball and resurrected his career in a way and found a job again with the Yankees at this time in 2022 for 36 years old. was absolutely incredible. Broke his foot, came back, obviously was slow, doesn't have great playoff experience. And coming back from a broken foot, that's not going to be the easiest of things to do. Whatsoever. But overall, Matt Carpenter has signed with the San Diego Padres, uh, something I did not expect, and something that I'm pretty, pretty happy about. So you have Justin Turner, who gets two years, 22, and you get JD Martinez for one year, 10 million or 11 million. But either way, it's in the double digits category. When it comes to Trey, trade wow matt carpenter his deal is 2 years 12 million there is a player option in there and there's also bonuses depending on how many plate appearances he gets depending on kind of everything a couple of things going into that it could go up to like 21 million guaranteed then in that rate but not even guaranteed just bonuses so bonus money so carpenter for 6 million we really want a left-handed dh because they could take advantage of the short porch rather than having a David Dahl who doesn't really produce too much power. Matt Carpenter, he's the guy. Out of the 15 home runs he's hit, 14 out of 15 would have been home runs in Petco. That's a good sign. So I know it's Yankee Stadium. There's the whole controversy about the short porch there, but a left-handed hitter in Petco, we have a shorter porch right towards the foul pole, but still, it, it counts. So you got to take full advantage of that and Matt Carpenter can. Now Carpenter is a pull hitter, an extreme pull hitter. However, i defended Jerks and Profar numerous times and I still will. Still hoping he comes back and everything like that. But Jer- uh, Jerks and Profar, I think will also benefit from no shift just as much as Matt Carpenter is going to. I think Matt Carpenter can really rejuvenate his career even more. He fixed his swing. There's a great article out there talking about his mechanics and how he's fixed them and getting back into just mashing baseballs. Carpenter, yeah, he's a pull hitter, but with no shift going into next season, it's going to be nice because a handful of those that could have been hits were outs because the shortstop's playing second or the right fielder is playing... (laughs) shallow and right right and with the center fielder and so on and so forth almost everyone except for the third baseman is on the right side of the field Matt Carpenter I'll give you his stats with the Yankees first before I get into his career with the Yankees his pull percentage was at 60% that is high His center percentage was at 22.1% and his oppo percentage was 17.9%. So he can bring it the other way once in a while. It's more than I actually thought, but he is mostly a pull hitter. That's his tendency right there. But I will say this before I get into his career stats. He really knows, Matt Carpenter really knows how to bunt the opposite way and get on base with the drag bunt. It's amazing. I've seen some highlights and stuff, too, and I've seen Matt Carpenter do this. He'll just bunt it down the other way, like people tell, like, that's how you beat the shift. It's easier said than done, but Matt Carpenter can bunt the other way, and next thing you know, he's on base. base. It's a base knock. So he does know how to do that. He's got fundamentals. He can play a lot of positions as well, but we'll get into that momentarily. Going back to his percentages of where he puts the baseball, Matt Carpenter and his career total... His pole percentage is at 41.9, so just under 42. Center is 34.7, and Oppo is 23.4. So not bad there. And his career is pretty split nicely. Not what you overall want, but for a guy who is a left-handed hitter and he likes to smash balls into right field in which lefties have advantage in Petco to really smash for more slugging compared to just hitting it to the Western Metal Supply Company building and left, it is a good move. So Carpenter, I really think, will take advantage of sending it over to the beach area and stuff like that. Uh, it's solid. We wanted a lefty that really had power, right? Because in fact, let me try and get this going right now. As I'm speaking, the Padres lineup, it's a lot of right-handed power. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, right? We have a really Good group of guys that are going to be going out there and just smashing the baseball. And Tatis comes back and it's like, all right, we got this. Manny produces power. Soto for a lefty produces power. But I'll tell you what, for the lefties that we have, in fact, credit to Fangraphs for updating this so quickly. They do a tremendous job. I'm going to name you the lefties right now, excluding Matt Carpenter, Juan Soto, Jake Cronenworth, Trent Grisham. Lefty hitters. All right. We just also got uh, Matt Schrock. He's also a lefty. Just if you wanted to be aware. Um, believe it's a minor league deal. But right. Though I can tell you this. Trent Grisham and Jake Cronenworth can hit for power and produce for slugging when they get hot. That goes for every hitter. But Matt Carpenter naturally has that higher OPS in his repertoire. He has that. He's known for that. It's good to get a lefty besides Juan Soto if I can really produce her power naturally rather than having to wait for a hot streak because we needed not only a DH right now where it's looking like Carpenter's like the most known to be the DH here in the Padres lineup and I'll get into that momentarily too. But for the Padres overall, this really helps with just evening out the playing fields. Righty, lefty, there's already righty power when it comes to Manny Machado the return of Tatis, bogey, right? So they already have plenty of that. It's, it's said and done. For the lefties, though, it's good to see Soto get a little bit of help. Matt Carpenter, for our ball club, I see him batting 5th or 6th. Jake Cronenworth and Matt Carpenter, whether they flip 5'6", five, 6'5", six, six, five, or anything like that, I see it being Cronenworth and Carpenter, just like Fangrass does have it, because I feel like the bottom 6-9, through nine, need to have the power. I like Jake because of his clutchness and everything. I just think he fits perfectly in the five compared to Carpenter and Carpenter can bring more slugging to that bottom of the lineup right now where it's projected Nola, Grisham and Azokar. Maybe we bring back Profar. I would really hope potentially Drury as well. We don't know what happens. I think Drury's getting interest from both New York markets. Uh, I know he had interest from the Arizona Diamondbacks and, he could be gone, Jerks and Profar. Don't don't put your foot on the brake just yet. Like Jerks and Profar, there's a chance he still stays. I think we really want to work something out with him still, and I, I really do hope that because I think Profar would still be lethal in this lineup, depending on his asking price. What like three years, thirty-five mil? I would do that for Profar. Uh, we went the cheaper route for the DH. I would have liked Justin Turner, but hey an 11 million deal with a player option, making it 22 potentially. I don't think he's going to opt out of that. And then JD Martinez, who is regressing a little bit, but I still think that would have been a very solid move despite being right-handed. It would have been nice. So we went out and we grabbed Matt Carpenter rather than trying to play around with who's going to be in the DH. Carpenter brings a lot. I want to get into him a little bit more because he is an interesting ball player for sure. When it comes to Carpenter as well, I mean this guy ha- does have good plate discipline, and it's sometimes been a little bit off where he's had his age has hit him a little bit, but maybe he's hit Father Time right in the gut. Uh, this past season is with the Yankees what he really needed. Unfortunately, with a broken foot and everything that really put it to a halt and a really nasty halt. So Carpenter though produces a lot of walks. He can work the count pretty well, too. Uh, In his career, he's had 718 walks to 1107 strikeouts. In 2018, he had 102 walks. In 2017, he had 109. Those, I believe, were both top 10 in the league in the rankings for both the AL or the NL. So that's a pretty good stat, too. And he was uh, top 10 at least, if not top 5, for walks. Since 2013 all the way through 2018. So really, really knows how to work around the plate. Obviously had a big all-star season in 2013 batting 318. OPS is up there and everything like that. I mean, you can't go wrong with a guy like Carpenter. Now, I'm specifically talking just about the DH role with carpi I like to call him Luigi, by the way, because of the mustache. So I know he used to have the full beard and everything. But yeah, what? We can't not call him Luigi, okay? But anyway, getting into it, I also want to get into another stat before I really dissect everything else. His weighted on-base average per MLB season, Carpenter's up there. Now, I want to explain it first. WOBA, for short reference, it's a version of on-base percentage that accounts for how a player reach base rather than just recording... A player reaching base. So basically a lot of things are to consider. The hit by pitch. The intentional walk. Things like that kind of nature. Or even like how ball, like hard a ball is hit. And if it's an out. It's like okay if the shift wasn't there or something. Would they be getting on base? Because it would be credited a hit. So there's stuff to consider in that kind of reference. And I do like this stat a lot. Expected OBA is XWOBA. But right now I'm talking about just W. OBA, and uh, when it comes to Carpenter, wow, I mean, I know 2022 was a handful, which is 154 plate appearances, unfortunately, before the foot injury that occurred, and 128 at-bats overall. Carpenter's WOBA was at 472. Now, consider this to be like OPS, right? I've mentioned this in the past. I'm a huge OPS kind of guy, and if you're 900 or 1,000 and above, you're elite especially at 1,000-plus for a season. If you're 800, you're where you want to be. You're above average. If you're 700, you're average. And if you're lower than that, how are you still in the league? Sometimes those come into consideration. For WOBA, it's basically the same thing. Every couple marks, you're considered a different status compared to others in company. Babe Ruth has the best WOBA throughout all of baseball history at like right above 500 for Carpenter in one season at 472. That's pretty cracked. Uh, now of course that's a handful of games and everything like that, but you know, you got to just take into consideration. All right. Carpenter knows what he's doing sometimes and just puts the ball in play. He hits the ball hard. If it's recorded for an out, then, uh, there's that no shift anymore. I'm sure that's going to change. And just see where it goes from there. So yeah, Carpenter can hit the ball pretty hard. When it comes to the league average, the league average is just at 310 in 2022. And Carpenter being at 472 is absolutely insane. It's pretty cracked. And the league has been a steady 310 plus average throughout for a while, for the past 10, 11 years. For Carpenter, he's been above that. For the most part, except for when he went downhill a little bit in 2019 and 28 to uh, 2020, uh, 2021. And he was really bad as well. But hey, you all have your bad years. He's been above that pretty nicely in a lot of categories and stuff throughout the past 10 years as well. So he's above that threshold of 310 plus. So there is that to consider as well. He can hit the ball hard. He gets hit by the pit sometimes too because it's, I feel like he, he has so much movement in his stance. In fact, I'm actually pulling this right now. 2015, Carpenter's WOBA was top 7% in the league. In uh, 2016, it was top 8%. And in 2017, I'm sorry, 2018, it was top 8% in the league. Still up there. I mean, overall throughout his career is at 357 the average is 316 for since I believe this is going back since 2015 so th- that's pretty good numbers i mean it's expected his expected o b a is basically in that same kind of threshold so he's he's up there his walks He's always been top 8% for a while, even the top 5 and 1%. So he's very patient at the plate when he has to be. He can really work ahead of counts. And I just really want to dissect into Matt Carpenter more because people can think of him as just a pure pull hitter that doesn't do anything and benefit if the shift is gone, right? But at the end of the day, this guy can mash the baseball, He hits it at a hard rate. He's got a beautiful lefty swing. Let's see what he does in Peko with a short porch and everything like that. When it came to it, man, I also want to give a quick summary out there for WOBA. If you're still interested, Manny Machado was 7th in the whole league in WOBA 382. So That was pretty gnarly right there. Juan Soto was 11 at 376. And uh, I also want to get into slugging real quick because I thought this was pretty interesting, too. Andy Machado, our MVP, who should have won, uh, was slugging at 531. His expected slugging this past season was only 447. He had the sixth best differential in the league. That's where he comes in sixth at 0.084. So there's a little fun snap for you, too, I wanted to throw out there. But, yeah, Carpenter, man, he can, uh He can really work counts. He knows how to hit a baseball. And now with not having seven guys on the right side of the field overall, he's going to get base hits. I know there's questions of what he does in the playoffs and he, he was especially this past year, but listen, he came off a foot injury and everything. Uh, Everything in the past is in the past. It's just like life in the end. You got to move on forward. And that's that just every different, every new plate appearance, makes some kind of history in the long run one thing I also want to talk about here for Matt Carpenter and I think I will end it here besides some news in fact I'll cover something very quickly about the catching department for the Padres and it is where Carpenter can play for the San Diego Padres now he's most likely going to be considered a DH and there's nothing wrong with that I mean For the games that he's played, he played 16 as a DH for the Yankees. He's had outfield experience as of late. 12 games in right field and three games in left. He's formerly a third baseman, especially with the Cardinals and all. But, obviously, we know what Pro likes. He likes utility guys that can really also work themselves around all over the baseball field. So, Matt Carpenter, he can play third. He can give you first. He can give you second, he can give you that DH slot, he can give you right field, and he can give you left field. I mean, like, that's versatile. Uh, maybe he can't give you pitcher or catcher, but I don't think we're asking for that anytime soon, right? <laughs> um, so Carpenter has had more experience as of late in the outfield, and he produced pretty well with the Yankees and ha- actually made some nice catches in right. So if you ever need and you want to give Soto the D eight spot or you want to give... Potentially, if Tatis isn't left, right? Because I don't know if we bring Profar back or Drury or whatever. You want to make Tatis the DH or put him at second one day, make Carpenter go on a left? You can. So this is what I do like is that, like, yes, I would have really liked Justin Turner. Yes, I would have really liked J.D. Martinez. But I will say this. There is one upside here in which Matt Carpenter, I understand his age and everything, but he can play the field if you need I mean. If you want Machado to play DH for one day and get kind of a rest standing on the field all the time, you could have Carpenter there. That's basically the position he's played the most. He's had most familiarity with. He's had over 5,300 innings there, I believe. Yes, he has. So yeah, Carpenter has had a lot of experience out there. Uh, He's had over 2,300 innings out there at first base. So he does... Go on either side of the diamond. He's had almost 2,000 experiences at second base as well. So you can't can't beat that. If you get a second baseman with power and Matt Carpenter, and uh, let's just say if that's the deal, if you want to put him there and make him a bench bat for a little bit, you can do that. If you want him as the DH, you can do that. If you want him in the outfield, you can do that. I think you know where I'm going. But going back to my point, I would have really liked Justin Turner. I would have really liked J.D. Martinez. But get it? Justin Turner is 38, and he can really only play the DH role besides third. As for J.D. Martinez, you don't want that guy playing in the outfield with his pure, really poor defense, and you want him to play for you as a designated hitter. So the thing I like about this, Predator likes it. he stated it. Yes, he could be a DH, but overall, not just for him, but this whole ball club, we have a lot of versatility where we can really change things up and shake things up and just not make it so set in stone. Guys can go here, guys can have rest days, stuff like that. Just have it work out in any way that you can. He'll be primarily a DH. I truly believe that, which is going to be my ideal spot for him. But at the end of the day... Matt Carpenter is a steal I would have never thought about. So just when we think it's getting done, the hot stove is basically just getting started. I really hope I'm going to keep saying it, man, hoping that someone listens out there on the Padres front office really do hope we could sign a pitcher like Nathan Evaldi rather than have to trade for like a Sonny gray with a Luis Ariz arise. I believe that's how you say it. So, That, I just don't think we have to trade so early on. I want to see this team produce all together. And I think the Padres do too. We're going to lose a gold Glover, a two-time gold Glover, and Trent Gresham potentially in center if he's traded. HSK, let's see how he actually does at second. We know how good he is defensively and his bat production did improve. I still think their trade consideration, but let let him play as Padres and just pan out, you know? That's that's the thing. You got till the deadline to really work things out and really improve the team. You have a full season to do that. When it comes down to now, I like Sonny Gray. I think he's really good. He had, He had a fantastic year with the Twins, but I don't know if we have to push the button just yet on that. I don't. For right now, stick with what we got. Kind of have the young kids develop too, maybe a little bit. It's a long season. It's a long season. So all in all, I think everything is fine. If you could try and sign Evaldi, I think that's the best fit right now. Corey Kluber, he's just too injury prone. I feel like we have to stay away from that. Let's see what Evaldi wants, but I think he would be a perfect four and then try and work that 5-6 with Martinez and Seth Lugo and then work your way from there towards the deadline. I think that's the best move, but first step, we talked about what we needed at DH. We needed a true designated hitter. We didn't know what was happening. It looks like Matt Carpenter is going to be the primary guy. Now, I do want to shift on over to a catcher that we signed to a minor league deal. And that is Pedro Severino. I believe he was once highly a top prospect, but unfortunately has lost that consideration. So maybe he's like a jerks and pro far in a where things don't pan out. And then he comes over to the Padres and accepts his role and... Somehow does well, right? You can't go wrong with too many catchers at all. I understood we traded away Victor Caratini, and then we just took in Jorge Alfaro, but then we had three catchers because Campi was on the roster later on. You had Alfaro. You had Nola. It's all about just not thinking you have enough in a position. It's a minor league deal. It does not hurt, and why would you want to carry two pitchers rather than three to be safe? So Pedro Severino, it's good to see him. Uh the deal can pay him up to one point nine five million dollars if he's in the majors and he can get five hundred and fifty grand extra and any kind of performance bonus. Don't know the details on that, but I'm sure we'll get it for sure. Uh Severino's twenty nine years old. He's been with the Nationals. Hi, Justin, if you're listening. And he's also been with the Orioles. He struggled he, he he isn't panning out to what he's supposed to be, but if he accepts his role then that's great. Like from twenty nineteen is a two forty-nine hitter. His slash line in fact is two forty nine, three one five, three ninety-seven through almost a thousand plate appearances overall. Listen, it can't go wrong with that at all. You like to have three catchers because if something happens and then you need a backup, you don't have to go signing someone out of nowhere, or trading for a piece. It's good to go into opening day with three or at least two and then call someone up. And this is, of course, a minor league deal. So Severino, he puts up good numbers and let's just see from there. He was suspended for 80 games for PED usage. So maybe him and Tatis could be best friends. I'm kidding. But at the same time, Milwaukee said, we're going to get rid of you. That's when they got Caratini from us. And they paired him up with Omar Narvaez, who's now with the Mets, I'm pretty sure. So, all set said in the past now. Severino, he puts up good numbers in AAA. Hopefully, if he has to come up to the majors and replace Sonola who gets hurt, or a Campy, who's maybe not ready for opening day, then everything will be fine. I, I think that... I like this move. You can't go wrong with that one. I know we have Brett Sullivan. Uh, he was a part of the Caratini package. But I think he's actually on the 40-man roster, too, but he will also be in that depth chart behind the dish calling games. and who knows he might be one of the better defensive catchers to what we already have in I'm very highly on Campusado. So we'll see. That's all I wanted to really talk about to end the show, but nothing less, Matt Carpenter's a San Diego Padre. It's a good move. I really hope the job is not finished and I'm hoping I'm sure you guys are hoping the same exact thing. We got our DH right now. He can play anywhere and we can make other guys in this lineup the DH if needed. That is what's important. It's not just a statue always going to be in that DH spot, right? Never going to move. It's going to be where he can give you any kind of position at any kind of given time. And that's what you love to see. So Carpenter, welcome to San Diego. Hopefully he stays for two years, right? Six million each year plus bonuses depending on certain plate appearances and much more. But in the end, nothing less. We're producing more power in that bottom half of the lineup, and we got a lefty to improve on that and to take some of the pressure off Juan Soto and more. So, guys, let's hope I don't have to make four episodes in a row. I'm just kidding. I hope I do love giving you guys the content. If you guys haven't caught up on the latest episodes and you want to, Also, read up on the new blogs if uh, anything goes out there very shortly. Follow me on Twitter, at Grand Slam Padres. You can check out my link tree. Would really appreciate it. Love you guys so much. Do this for you guys. And when it comes down to it, it's everything San Diego Padres based, of course. So, anything like that, it's all for you guys. Would really appreciate it. But that is all I have for you all today. Let's hope we bring in... The Italian Stallion, Nathan Evaldi. And we also trade for Mike Trout and Shohei Atani. So I'll see you guys when that is all done. You didn't hear that second part from me. Unless it happens, then you did hear it from me. So I'll see you guys whenever that is. AJ Preller and this organization is not done making moves. Oh, and let's bring Jerkson Profar or Brandon Jerry back. I would really love that if we could. But more to talk about on another day. I'll see you guys later.